welcome to the next episode of the podcast, Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm privileged to serve as pastor of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. Our reading today is Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 11. We pause and come before our God in prayer. Father God, very simply, we thank you and we praise you for your word. We acknowledge that it is the very words of life to us. And we ask that the same Holy Spirit that inspired your word would come, make it alive and apply it to our hearts. And more than that, O Lord, would strengthen us, give us power in our inner beings to live out your word day to day. We ask that you would change our thinking so that it's more aligned with yours. We pray that our hearts would beat with the same beat as your heart, the same passions, the same desires. And we pray that increasingly we would be your hands and feet, your mouthpieces in your world, living your way in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, help us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, then beginning at verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I really want to finish that reading with a, a big and hearty amen. And maybe you feel the same way 
They are just wonderful words about our Lord Jesus. If you've been around Christian things for any length of time, they may well be words that are, are quite familiar to you. Verses 6 to 11 constitute what theologians describe as the Carmen Christi in Latin, or the hymn to Christ, and they are so powerful and moving. And just as we seek to dig into these verses, I, I find it helpful to think of the shape of the verses, in a sense the physical shape, and to see them as a deep valley. We can imagine standing at the top of the valley, at the side of the valley, looking down and beginning to descend towards the bottom of the valley. So we're walking down from the heights at the top of the valley towards the bottom. And that's the shape of what is happening here. We begin on the heights. Jesus is in very nature God, but he descends. He begins to walk down the side of the valley, as it were. He makes himself nothing, takes the very nature of a servant. So the Son of God becomes Son of God and Son of Man, and he is descending. But he's not born into a palace, but he's born into more humble circumstances, and so he descends yet further. Does he come as a king? Well, yes, he does. But also as a servant, he is the servant king. And so he has descended yet further. He's coming down the side of the valley. Can he humble himself any more? Can he descend any lower? Well, yes, he can. Because he becomes obedient even to death. The one man who lived a perfect life, who didn't need to die, willingly submits to death, even death, on a cruel Roman cross. Jesus, Son of God, God himself, has come down and down and down the side of the valley. And he's now at the very, off, at very bottom. And in many ways, it's a deep and a dark place. But what happens next? After the descent, there is a further ascent and Jesus comes up the other side of the valley. God the Father exalts him to the highest place and gives him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that he is Christ the Lord. And so Jesus has come down, he has plumbed to the depths, he has come down to the bottom of the deepest, darkest valley, and God the Father has lifted him up. Jesus is risen, Jesus is ascended. He is now on the highest of heights. Here we see the shape of the gospel, the life, death, resurrection gospel. Here we learn wonderful truths about the nature of the Lord Jesus and his work. And we can sit with these things and just drink them in and worship our Lord Jesus. But here's the thing. That's not primarily why these verses are here. Yes, we worship the Father for what Jesus did. We praise him for such grace. But that's not primarily 
why these verses are here. It's not primarily to engender those emotions and responses from us. Look at verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes into the hymn. These verses are here for us because they set a model for us, something for us to follow in the power of the Spirit. Our lives are to be conformed to the life of Christ. And this pattern of a descending, descending even to the bottom of the deepest, darkest valley, only for God to lift us up. Yes, this is something not just for Jesus, but it's for Jesus' followers too. We are to serve one another. We are to give ourselves to one another. He's writing to the church. He's writing about service, humility, and love. And he's saying, Jesus is your example. This is what Jesus did. This is the Christ that we worship. This is the shape of his mission and ministry. Now in the power of the Spirit, make that the shape of your life also. How are you practically working this out in your church and the world? We might pose the question in this way. Who are you descending the valley for so that you can love just as Christ first loved us? As you do that, as you love and serve today, as you wash the feet of others, as you get your hands dirty in cutting-edge service, be sure of this. God is no one's debtor. If we humble ourselves in this way, then we can be certain that God will lift us up. We pray together. Lord, we thank you for this glorious hymn to our Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, for Jesus and for the way that he came and descended lower and lower and lower in humility, in service, eventually hitting the very bottom of the valley as he went to the cross for us. We worship you for Jesus. We worship Jesus, our Lord, and we praise you that you lifted him up, that you raised him from the dead, that you exalted him to the highest place. He is Lord. He is our Lord. We worship one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit today. But also we see that wonderfully, amazingly, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection pattern is a pattern for us also. Help us to descend the valley today and tomorrow in service, in humility, in love for others reaching out to the household of faith and reaching out beyond to those who need to receive your touch. Help us to work this out in real and practical ways. Yes, Lord, we want to sit with the question, who are we descending the valley for so that we can love as Christ first loved us? Perhaps we know exactly what the answer to that question is, who it is that God is calling us to love. If so, O oh Lord, we pray that you would strengthen us to do so. But if we're not quite sure, or if you're going to do something today or tomorrow that just takes us out of our comfort zone and challenges us, 
Lord God, we pray that you would show us and strengthen us by the Spirit. And Lord, we ask that as we serve in this way, we would know in your good time, you lifting us up. Thank you that we're in Christ. Help us to make the pattern of Christ our Lord, the pattern for our own lives too, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.